It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, September 28th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is frustrated we aren't getting all of these preseason games on TV, Russ. I know. Streaming is the new throwaway. All right, let's get into the show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at LockdownFlyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all of our episodes, Flyers News. You can also email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to get into the latest from Flyers training camp and talk about what the lineups for the back-to-back in this preseason this week are showing us about where the team could be heading. And then we'll wrap up with some of your mailbag questions. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube. So if you want to watch us over there, subscribe there as well. So, Russ, I think that the first thing is I'm worried I'm becoming a bit of a curse for this team. We've talked about the Flyers being cursed. We talked about on the last show having to have goaltenders ready just in case Carter Hart got injured. And lo and behold, uh, he was out of practice for a couple of days because of a lower body injury. Did not play last night, but uh, fingers crossed we might see him tonight. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's early in preseason. Goalies, you know, will have some kinks, so it's fine. Hopefully it will be, and uh, at least it does mean we're getting a look at the other goaltenders that Mm -hmm. we have, and I think it's important to get more time from them at the NHL level just to see where their reaction timing is and all of that stuff, so... Hopefully we get um, some good goaltending from Sam Urson, Felix Sandstrom, and Troy Grosnick. Uh, make it a real competition to see who gets that backup spot. And I think it'll be better for the Flyers organization overall. But again, don't like to see Carter Hart injured. No, nobody does. But it'll be all- I think this one will be okay. The other thing is that I talked for a little bit about how much I enjoyed watching Tyler Savard at camp. Uh, you know, he was there on an ATO and was working hard. I thought he was making good plays. He stood out in the scrimmages to me. So, of course, he's one of the first people cut from camp. Yeah, I just got a text from him. He said, thanks for nothing. <laughs> Man, uh, I think that the best case scenario here is that they really just thought, eh, it's a, he's a good kid, but there really isn't room for him here based on his skill set. And let's give him a chance to maybe get picked up somewhere else. No, that's exactly what this is. You know, early, this early in camps with not a lot of games in the, in the tank, he might be able to catch on somewhere, at least play one more preseason game, try and impress somebody. Exactly. Uh, We also saw Michael Huchette cut as well. 
And then we had three guys sent down to their junior teams. None of them really a, a surprise. We had Alex no. Gendron went back to his team in the queue uh, with Brian Zanetti, who went back to Peterborough. Uh, I think it's a really good move to send him back now. So he can really be a leader on that team in the defense core and really be fully integrated into Peterborough and, and see what he can do there. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, you got camp starting up. Uh, he is a big player for them. I'm sure they're happy they have him back, believe me. Yeah, and same goes for Prince George in the WHL where Ethan Sampson plays. I, you know, selfishly, I wanted to see him a little bit longer in Flyers mm -hmm. camp just to see who he could match up with well and you know, what he could kind of do at a higher level here um, and see how he fit into the kind of pecking order of the competition. But again, you know, I understand with these junior teams that it sometimes makes sense for them to to get back there earlier. Yeah, I mean, he's doing better as a player. So I think um, we've seen some improvement in him. And so at least, you know, that's what I'm left with. And that's good. I think so, too. Uh, it was also nice to see them sign Cal O'Reilly to a PTO. Uh, he is, you know, he's been the, the captain for the Phantoms. And because of his past NHL games, uh, and Bill Meltzer pointed this out, but he can count as an NHL veteran toward the minimum when they have to have a certain number in these preseason games. So I think it's a good shot for him to just get more time with the Flyers level roster and just see where his game is at this point, you know, this far into his career. But also, uh, you know, he's he's been part of the organization for a while now. So it's always good to see him around. Yeah. Plus they're weak at center. You know, we're going to talk about other injuries they have. So this gives him a little bit of a chance. I don't think he has much of a chance, but, you know, you never know. That is true. Uh, yes, we, we do have other injuries to talk about in, you know, I feel like I need to label this the Chuck Fletcher daily injury report mm -hmm. uh, because, uh, you know, obviously it comes from him, but also it just feels like that's part of the Chuck Fletcher experience right now is it talking does. about a ton of injuries. But I think that in addition to Carter Hart, the one that is really unfortunate is Anisimov with him having a, a lower body injury. He's day to day right now, got banged up in that first preseason game a little bit, but it really kind of cuts into his chances of getting, you know, one of the, the last couple of remaining contracts the Flyers have. Yeah. I feel bad about it. Um, I was kind of hoping for him. He's a good guy, but man, we'll see. His chances are definitely decreased now. Yeah. And, you know, when you looked at how he was performing in camp versus Antoine Roussel, I think if you're considering the two of them in competition for that contract spot, Anisimov had far and away been the better of the two players, I think, in terms of in practice and scrimmages uh, in the game that we saw. And so it's especially unfortunate, I think for him, because it looked like he was on a, a good path for him personally, whether that's good or bad for the flyers is another question. Of yeah. Course. No, I think he was on a good path, but I do kind of feel like Roussel has the inside track and he had mm -hmm. it the minute he was signed. Yeah, I, I think so. 
as well. Uh, the other one to worry about is Cam Atkinson. Now he had just missed a day, I think, of, of training camp uh, with an upper body injury. He was back skating Tuesday uh, and will likely play tonight versus the Caps. But it's a little worrisome when you have guys you know, having to take a day off this early. It is. Again, it happens in camp. You worry about Cam because he was pretty healthy last year uh, and he has an injury history and you hope that that's not going to start cropping up. Yeah, I also worry to some degree about some of the smaller guys because when you have some of the bigger guys who are trying to prove themselves and kind of overhit uh, occasionally, mm -hmm. I think that could potentially cause the problems. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, guys are trying to impress Torts. I mean, he has a solidified spot in the lineup, but he's trying to be a leader. You're right. I mean, sometimes that happens. Yeah. Uh, and theoretically, we will be hearing about Sean Couturier at some point today and what that looks like. You know, I think my estimation is that we'll hear either, you know, a two to three month situation or a six to eight month situation, uh, the latter of which is not ideal, I think. But uh, I, I certainly hope we get some positive news on that front. Yeah, I kind of want to hear two to three months at this point. Any sooner kind of will worry me that they're, he's rushing back, and any later kind of worries me that, uh-oh, this is going to run into next season now. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, again, we get some good news on that front. Uh, like I said at the top of the show, last night's game was not on TV for us to watch, but uh, tonight's should be. And so we're going to recap both of those games together on the Thursday show. But there's definitely things we can learn about what direction the team is going in based on how these preseason lineups are set. And we're going to talk about that coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs this season. Find all your latest player developments, team matchups, news and podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you could find. As always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right. So I think looking at some of the lines that we saw in last night's game and what we're predicting could be in tonight's lineup based on lines in practice, I think we can sort of read some tea leaves here and see what they're trying to, to look at. And against Buffalo, Morgan Frost centering James Van Riemsdyk and Travis Konechny, um, they looked really good during uh, the practice scrimmages. And it seems like that's why, you know, they put guys like JVR and Travis Konechny in the lineup versus Buffalo this early in the preseason to really test out Frost centering the two of them on what could end up being a, a third line. Right. Uh, I think it's fine. I mean, you know, give it a go. See what you got here. Uh, you know, we'll see what, what JVR does. Uh, I, I think the other two have started out really well, so that's good. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. And while we've had sort of the Cates brothers hanging out with a Tyson Forster, a Forster's not in the lineup uh, versus Buffalo. And so I think that what questions this is trying to answer is can Noah Cates carry a line more uh, in, in this? I mean, Jackson is centering the line, but I think that having a guy like Cooper Merity as the third player, rather than somebody who's a little stronger in Tyson Forrester makes Noah have to step up a little bit more. Plus it gives Cooper Merity a chance to, to be, you know, added to the list of call-up options. Yeah. I think um, Noah Cates can carry a line. Uh, The fact that it's all college players, that's good. There's some familiarity there and, and they kind of, you know, have the same vibe. Uh, Marity is a guy years ago I picked as like a draft sleeper just to get drafted and he did. And then, you know, things just didn't kind of work out, but, um, he, he has decent speed. He actually has a pretty good hockey IQ and does play two ways. So I think this is a chance for him because there are still chances to, to make this team. So that's a good line for him to play on, to have a chance because I think Cates is one of their best players right now. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I I like this combination a lot. I think the other thing that you could look at and say, okay, this is the question they're trying to answer is on the defensive side of things, pairing Cam York and Justin Braun. And is this a third pairing test to see if, you know, this could be a solid third pairing for the Flyers, as well as can they move up the lineup a little bit if we need them to? Uh, I think it's a third pairing test, but I'm also going to tell you that after a certain amount of time, I think D'Angelo will not be the number two late in games and Braun will be. So they'll figure out how to distribute those minutes. But I think, I don't think they're going to want D'Angelo in late games, late in games as the number two. So I think Braun will end up having to do that. So, but for, you know, to start games, I think that's, that, that could happen. Yes. Yeah, and uh, your favorite Kevin Connaughton is paired with Ronnie Adderd. So yeah. <laughs> I feel bad for Adderd. I mean, you know, Connaughton's okay, but he's already having a few problems. Connaughton's not the greatest skater. I'm not sure this is a good pairing. Yeah, and again, you know, we're kind of looking into the the past here because we're talking about this prior to to that game against Buffalo. But tonight, the Flyers are matching up against the Washington Capitals and. I like this Kevin Hayes with Cam Atkinson and Owen Tippett combination because I think first off it gives Cam Atkinson a, a little bit of a, a something to lean on, right, with Kevin Hayes there, mm-hmm. that it's not splitting up the vets. It's keeping them together in a combination that could, in fact, be happening in games. And then it, it's giving us the opportunity to answer the question, can Owen Tippett hang with the top guys? Yeah, I honestly, I feel like um, this is a good test for Tippett. I think that's what this mm-hmm. is. Tippett has yep. to produce now. He's got these two guys with him. He's got to produce. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, and then the next question is obviously with Sean Couturier out. Uh, we have a few options as to what to do at center. We alluded to this in the first segment of the show, but Scott Lawton is going to be centering a line with Ali Lixell and Wade Allison, it seems like. And that is also, I think it, it's good for... Tortorella to see what Lawton does at center, you know, regardless of what he's done in the past, I think 
Tortorella is ultimately going to make that decision. And, you know, with his blank slate approach to the team, it's good for, for him to get some eyes on Lawton in that position. And then I think, you know, can he carry a line like this with some greener players like Wade Allison and Ali Lixel, both of whom are more seasoned, right? But they're not exactly veterans either. So I think this is a good balance for, for think, Scott Lawton. I think it's a good balance and we know Allison can play the corners. So I think this is good for Lawton. I think he can carry this. Um, the other day I met Wade Allison's agent. So we, we chatted about him and I said, I root for this guy to stay healthy every year. I said, I'm just letting you know that I do mm -hmm. that. Um, just simply because I'd like to be able to see him play a season, a full season, whether it's AHL or NHL at this point. So again, I just want to see him stay healthy this preseason. Yeah. Another option for center that we've been talking about a little bit is Tanner Lazinski. And could mm -hmm. he sneak into the Flyers roster in that 4C slot? And they have him centering Delorier and Hayden Hodgson. And to me, that's a fourth line audition right there. I think it's for all of those guys. It's like, is this something that could work? And will any of them stand out enough to really get further opportunities? Yeah, I don't mind this as a fourth line at all. Um, I feel like if this were the fourth line, it's got a little more offensive potential than if mm -hmm. you take out Hodgson and you put McEwen in. That's just, you know, I think that's just a fact at this point. I think so too. And, you know, to give Tanner Lazinski a chance in a line with more offensive opportunities there is also a good thing. And then you just have Delorier kind of backstopping it. I think, you know, as far as skill sets, it's a really good combination. And yeah, I would not complain if, if this was the Flyers fourth line. No, the only problem here is, and it's not going to happen in this game, but there's the talk that, well, um, if you have Delorier and Roussel, then McEwen can, sort of try and score more and it's like i don't think that was his problem i don't think i don't think fighting kept him from scoring he just go look no, at his, his shot kept him from scoring yeah the, the accuracy or lack of of his shot is what keeps him from scoring yeah you cannot deny his effort and sometimes no. he gets good speed and you know he'll go marching down the ice but then what happens there so i think hodgson has has a better shot all right. And I think that uh, seeing Tyson Forster potentially, you know, with Max Wellman on a fourth line in a preseason game really signals that he's not making the team. But we, no. I think we kind of assumed that. We did. It's better if he goes to Lehigh. It's fine. Let him get this game in, get the experience. It's fine. Mm -hmm. But there is still an elephant in the room here. Yes. And what is that? That is the Isaac Ratcliffe situation. Mm -hmm. So Isaac Ratcliffe is out of um, out of options. So if you send him down, uh, he is not waiver exempt anymore. He could be picked up on waivers. So that's an issue because now we don't hear them talking about him. Uh, he hasn't been traded. Does John Tortorella like him? Like this is something they need to figure out soon because you would hate to lose him just on a waiver claim like that would to me would be a waste of an asset mm -hmm. so i don't know what's going to happen with isaac radcliffe and i would hate to waste uh to lose him on a waiver claim yeah i think that's the danger here because 
if he doesn't step up when given the right situations, then they're going to take a look elsewhere and then want to put him through waivers. But uh, he is the kind of guy that a team would at least think about picking up. I don't know that. Yeah, it depends on when they put him through waivers and what else is out there at the time and if it's in a glut of players versus yeah like if they wait till day before opening night maybe they can get them through yeah you know when other teams have rosters more set in place Mm -hmm. at that point but i think it it really is a giant question mark and hopefully he can prove himself to at least have a shot at not having to (laughs) go through waivers because i would hate to lose him as well see this is where i feel like they're at a disadvantage that they have a new coach because Ratcliffe proved some things last year, but now everybody's got this clean slate. So to me, I would rather have Isaac Radcliffe on the regular roster in the press box for a little while until this roster settles out. If there's injuries or whatever, I just don't think, you know, Tortorella would do that because this is all he knows for Radcliffe or, or all he wants to know. And so I feel like that's a disadvantage for him. Yeah, I think so as well. But uh, we'll be talking about both of these games on tomorrow's show. And hopefully we have some good feedback for for him as well. All right, we are going to switch gears and answer your mailbag questions coming up next. Okay, Russ, we got another crop of good questions. A lot of Tortorella questions. I think now that training camp is open and people are starting to react to what he's doing, yeah, um, there are lots and lots of questions. So, uh, But the first one is uh, slightly different. Who is currently the best defenseman on the team? Who is currently the best defenseman? I'm saying it so because I'm stalling. Um, it, it's still Ivan Provorov. You think so? Yeah, I'm confident in that. I mean, he plays the most minutes. He's in the best shape. He may not get the most points. He may not be what you hoped him to be, um, as I'm saying that to the fans, but he's still a pretty good defenseman, so yes. Yeah, I I really think it's Travis Sanheim right now. I think okay. that um, just especially this year, with it being a contract year, I just I really feel feel like Travis Sanheim's going to step it up a little bit more and he'll have more points than Provorov by the end of this year. That is my one small prediction I'm willing to make about this upcoming season. Old prediction by Rachel. I know. I know. Travis Sanheim will have more points. He'll be hurt tomorrow. Sure. Sure. Maybe I shouldn't have said anything. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Will wants to know if it feels like Torts has already started to check out to some extent. Is he building a backstory for either when Chuck Fletcher gets fired or he gets fired? No, he's not worried about himself getting fired. Um, We do see that the Flyers are doing like a camp um, series and you could tell it's mostly Torts. And I think, I think since he has gotten here, including that first online press conference, he's been building a narrative. And I think that's what he's doing. And it will be, it will come with some eventual like, Hey, um, I told you this was going to take a while and we are improving in some areas, but we got big problems here, folks. And I just think that that's part of the narrative that he's building. Yeah. I think it's really 
just a, a for this season yes. story. I, I don't think it's a long-term narrative he's trying no. to build. I think he's just sort of trying to level set expectations and also kind of kick some of his players into gear in, in mm -hmm. a certain way. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really the double-edged sword here is motivating players and being realistic, not pessimistic, but realistic. The next question also on torts from at 1965 CJW on Twitter. Uh, torts was quoted as saying that he's going to play the kids. Do you believe him? Uh, he had a, a history of playing guys on merit, but plays the vets, you know, over the kids eventually. What do you think? I think based on um, injuries on this team that, some younger players will make it, but is he going to play the kids, meaning put them in big roles? No, there won't be one kid in a big role on this team, I don't think. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure either. I, I think that it really is going to be injury dependent. It, 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 there's just so much going on, and especially with Couturier's situation, I think that uh, that is what is going to show whether or not there's going to be room for some of the kids on, on like, this As roster. an example, we liked so far what we've seen out of Morgan Frost. Does he have any shot of being the 2C on this team? I'll, I'll say no, but if I were the coach, I would give him a shot at the 2C on this team because why not? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's. this is the year for that Morgan Frost is going to step up. Right. right. In terms of what he did over the summer, in terms of how he looks in camp so far. So give him the shot. Worst case scenario, you bump him back down and you try somebody else. Correct. But why don't you start with him? I think mm -hmm. is the right move. I agree with you there. Uh, Kevin wants to know if any of the vets have shown they've stepped up in training camp with the John Tortorella methodology. I think it's too early to say. I mean, I liked what, um, what Travis Konechny said about looking back at, you know, some analytics of where, how we used to score and all those things. But uh, it's too early to say right now in camp. I, I really can't say that I've noticed anything where I would say it's noteworthy. Yeah, I think that you're right. Maybe Travis Konechny has shown that he's at least buying in to the system. Um, in a way that maybe we would have questioned and we did question to some degree if that fit mm -hmm. was going to work out, but he's at least buying into whatever they're doing in practices and in the scrimmages. And, you know, we'll see how that translates into the games 